Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. We're excited to score, baby! Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode on the MVM Show. I'm Titus, your host. And today we got Matt Zavlonik from Nebraska. Good old Nebraska. The old Cornhuskers. And uh, we've got a topic today that I think um, there may be a little bit, I shouldn't say controversy, but there may be agreements and there may be disagreements. But uh, we wanted to come to you guys. The main part of this podcast is going to be with... Um, talking about sub-gauges, but also we might uh, dig into the weeds a little bit with bismuth. <clears throat> but uh, Matt is on today. Man, thanks for coming on from High Prairie Sportsman. Uh, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, just uh, trying to knock out some videos for the upcoming season and uh, tending my garden a little bit uh, and just counting down the days till till season, really. What do you got planned right now? Oh, I've got... I've got a pretty good garden of uh, pumpkins, beets, onions, corn, tomatoes, peppers, carrots, squash, all kinds of stuff. Nice. I used to, I haven't been able to do, we used to have uh, five acres. No, I think we were on an acre, but we had a really nice garden over there, but it's been a long time. I've been thinking about actually building some uh, boxes because we live in town, kind of building those step boxes, you know, where you can have like six, seven layers of, I mean, it's still pretty limited. I can't do what you're doing, but how big is that, by the way? Like, what's the what's what? How big uh, do you think that your garden is? I I don't know. I've never even really uh, <laughs> measured it off or anything. Uh, it's not big enough, though. There's a you know, I'd like to do a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's <clears throat> let's dig into the weeds here. There may be some people listening that uh, let's see here. I'm trying to remember. So I bought a 12-gauge. Um, I mean, I've had a 12-gauge for a long time, and I was fine with it. I've kind of went through some things. I'll just kind of give a little background here. I had a shotgun I bought from Big Five, and it was just, I don't remember what brand it was, but it was like 300 bucks. It was a long time ago. I was early teens. And I had that for quite a while. It was just black and um, was duck hunting around that time, and then... My house got broken into actually, and it got stolen with uh, with another gun. I think a twenty two um, that my grandpa had given me. And when that gun got stolen, I got a TriStar. And so what's funny about this is where I'm going this way for a reason. So I got a TriStar twelve gauge, but it was an over and under, but it was actually in Max five, and the barrel was black. But I never really shot that good with it. Like I shot trap and ski okay but like duck hunting um i just didn't shoot that good plus i had dropped it and bent the side over well 
I was like, I got to get rid of this gun. Like, I can't hit the broadside of a barn with it. And I had wanted the Browning A5 for several years, but the price, you know, I just like can't do it. Well, I finally traded in. The gun store that I went to had the Browning A5, and I bought that. I So I not only traded the gun in, I also won a gift certificate for 300 bucks from my gun store. And so I had a really good chunk of change to put down on the gun. And I believe I got that my gun that I have right now for 1300 out the door. And I had 500 to put down on it, so it really wasn't that bad for me. But um, I've loved that gun. I've, I've been in love with that gun ever since. Um, I just like I like the high, you know, the humpback, you know. Yeah. Yep. But then um, it's kind of a long story to get there. But so I got that one. I've had that since 2011. Let's see here. No, no. I got back when I got back from deployment. So 13, I believe it was 13 or 14. And so I've had that for about seven years and not an issue with it. I, I mean, nothing. <clears throat> But then I started talking. Was it, I don't know if it was you. I think it was a conglomeration Matt, of you and Harrison, okay? Because I believe Harrison had his twenty-eight gauge first, and I, I know you've had sub gauges. I, I'm not taking credit for that. <laughs> Anyways, Harrison bought that TriStar. No, he bought. Did he buy yours after he saw yours? I or think buy, he bought buy, it. I mean, buy his after he saw yours. I think so. I can't remember. I'll tell you this. He will give me a text after this (laughs) episode comes out. He'll be like, no, that's not true. I can't remember now because he came back there with me the first year, which was two years ago, almost three. It'll be three years. This one, two. No, I guess it'd be two, right? Yeah. 19. Okay. Did you have it then? Your 28 gauge? No, no. Um, I, I got it February of 2020. Okay, I believe he's gonna have to correct me, but I I thought Harrison had his before. It doesn't really matter. Regardless, I remember the first time I held it. I know I first seen it with him. Okay, and I threw it up, and I'm like, this feels like a toy gun. <clears throat> but we had been talking for the last year about how these a lot of these duck clubs in California use sub gauges, and they do not allow anything over twenty gauge in their club, and their reasoning is is the here's the thing is the loudness of it okay yeah so i know some people probably aren't gonna believe this but it's amazing that you can maybe only be 300 yards away and you can't hear it that good it's crazy but you get out there and shoot a 12 gauge and it's probably a lot more than that like you're gonna hear it but i'm just saying like the difference between a 12 and a 20 is unbelievable in the sound yeah. mix. So I got that 20 gauge and I'm like, just love it. I've been wanting one for a long time. Really, I was really wanting Browning to come out with one. And I'm hearing rumors that 2022, they might be coming out with one, supposedly. And I'm talking about a duck hunting one, not just the, you know, <clears throat> the other stuff. So then you got on this. You've had a 20 gauge probably for years, I'm sure, right? Yeah, that was my first shotgun, actually. Okay. Do you still have that same gun? Yep. What yeah, you, that's, that's what I... It, okay, so it's a Remington 870 Youth. I think it's 22-inch or 24-inch barrel at the longest. Oh, you um, used that two years ago on the teal hunt, right? Yeah, that's, that okay. was my old teal gun. That's a cool gun. Nothing. Yeah. You can't go wrong with the 870. No, no. I mean, that thing's... It's, it's built like a tank, pretty much. It's, you know, it, it was 
it, it's going to outlast me probably. <laughs> right. So. Right. No. I but th- yeah, I think yeah. you guys were getting. I think that's what it was. Now that I'm, t- we're talking about that. You and um, help me, uh, Keith, were shooting those twenties. Yep. And <clears throat> me and Harrison, I know, I know, I know Harrison had twenty gauge, and I've shot twenty gauges, but I guess the mindset was is 12, 12, 12, You know what I mean? And you guys were shooting those, and I'm like, man, that sure that just looks fun. It just looks fun. Having a gun that's not kicking much, a shorter barrel, and it's perfect for the till environment. I mean, it's perfect. So now you're thinking, okay, yeah, that'll be something I'll use in early season. I'll just use it for till. You know, that, that was my mindset, right? Now, I'm going to do that next year. I'm going to get a 20 gauge. I'm going to put an open choke in, go up there, and just have fun. It's just till. You know, it's not a big deal. You don't need no 12 gauge. Yeah. Well, then you get a 28. Talk talk about that. Like what what? Let's talk about you and getting that twenty eight. What made the purchase like? And talk all about that. Okay, so when I I mean I've been hunting for twenty plus years, but we always make a trip out. I've got some cousins out in Western Nebraska, and they you know pit blinds and whatnot, all that good stuff. And one of the guys that's out there, actually the guy that owns it, um, he would hunt with a twenty eight gauge from the first time, you know, I, I've been making this trip since I was 12, um, you know, drive across the state kind of thing and hunt, hunt ducks and geese with them. And he was, you know, they'd be in their pit blinds with his, and he'd have his 28 gauge. And I never had heard of a 28 gauge until that, you know, up until that point, you know, just, I was 12, you know, it was all 12 or twenties, all I really knew at that time. And I, I was like, wow, that's really cool. And so from that moment on, I knew someday I wanted to get a 28 gauge and, waterfowl hunt with it you know you know mm-hmm. you know between now and then you'd hear oh it's a great upland gun and fun for doves and whatnot but there really wasn't too many people uh, other than like maybe some waterfowl guys or people that had ample opportunities to yeah. get birds in mm-hmm. that would be using exclusively a 28 gauge mm-hmm. well you know fast forward to 2020 i'm at the at a gun show and i was looking around and you know i, I was checking online and stuff at that point in time too, looking for different 28 gauges. And I get this, see this TriStar uh, Viper G2 ended up buying it. It was a pretty good deal. Um, and you know, the rest is history. That's kind of, kind of why I got it. I just always wanted one for well, 16 plus years now. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's funny. Um, the trend I, maybe it's been going on on longer than this, but I really feel like the trend of sub gauges really didn't start till like a year or two ago. And I, I think some people hearing me say that are going to think, "Yeah, right." This been going, which I know it's kind of had its ebbs and flows. I'm sure over the years, you know, from way back, probably way before I was born, you know. But you know how things come and go, and hunters get on new kicks and stuff like that. But oh yeah, but it's not. It's to me, for me personally, it's not a um, a fad. I, I people do get in fads and then they come in and they go, but like to me, this is something I'm doing it for necessary means. I mean, okay, here's the thing: you you are paying more for ammo, right? Yeah, and then um, you're limited on distance. Which the, when I say that though, I'm saying like you're a lot of guys aren't going to shoot them because they're not going to get that. 30 40 yards is strong right so people are not going to just shoot them that but in my opinion 
shooting this. It's a challenge. And when I say it, it's more of a challenge, I mean to get the ducks in closer, not challenge as in, oh, I'm gonna, it's a challenge for me to really make a good shot at 40 yards. Because at that point, then you're like, that's not ethical, right? Yeah. So yeah. tell us what how you feel about like what ammo do you pick and why you pick it. I, I mean, I don't want to get stuck on bismuth because we're still talking sub-gauge, but bring that into light about how deadly the combo can be. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, like, I mean, we hit on a couple things, or you just touched on a couple things right there. Um, you know, number one, particularly in the 28-gauge, um, is, like, the shell availability. You know, you have less options to pick up from, um, especially for steel. But I've found, you know, with my 28-gauge, I want to shoot be shooting premium ammo. I want to get the most, uh, most knockdown out of each pellet that's hitting that bird. So that's why I ended up going with bismuth. I shoot actually boss to be specific. Um, so that's, that's why I shoot bismuth out of my 28 gauge. Um, and I guess, you know, if you look at boss's prices per case for all the mm-hmm. different gauges, they're actually the same or hmm. maybe 10 or $20 difference for, you know, around a 200, uh, all the way from 12 to 28, maybe 410 as well. Uh, so I guess if you're ordering boss, the price doesn't change too much, but for other stuff, you know, steel versus bismuth or whatnot, it's mm-hmm. going to be a little more pricey and harder to find. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what, what was the second part of your question? Well, I mean, the, the, the lethality of it. I mean, how do you feel about the bismuth out of that? Well, let me say this first. And I, I know I may be talking too much to have a guest on, but you're not going to guest anymore. You're, you're a friend. <laughs> so I can talk. <laughs> so this is how I feel. This is the, to make this plain beans right here and plain and simple. I'm, uh, let's take a 12 gauge with steel, a 12 gauge with steel and my 20 gauge with steel. Now let's put bismuth in there. My, my 20 gauge with bismuth is as lethal, I feel is more lethal than my 12 gauge. Okay. Now, and then downgrade to a 28 gauge versus a, a, so a 28 gauge with bismuth and a 20 gauge with steel is way more lethal than the 28 gauge. I mean, within the 20 gauge. So if you're wondering in comparison, that's how I feel. When, I, when I'm shooting my 20 gauge out there and I got bismuth in my gun and I use heavy bismuth, and I use between four and six shot. Um, I literally is, am as confident and more confident than I would be ever with my 12 gauge with still. That's, yeah. how, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, it, and you know, that's really, um, you know, what I've learned shooting. I've, I've only had one season shooting this 28 gauge, but as soon as I bought it and took it out and shot trap with it, I was like, holy crap, I can, I mean, I had a full choke in and I was shooting ski or trap, sorry, shooting clays. Um, and I was just, you know, I could have barely miss mm. with a full choke and shooting lead at him. Mm. I was like, this gun just, it swings so easy. It's so light. It's so easy to get up to your shoulder. And I think, you know, all that really goes into it. And then you couple that with bismuth for waterfowl, you know, being, having confidence in your shooting and, um, ultimately, you know, have being super comfortable with your gun makes a ton of difference. Oh yeah. So, you know, with the 28 gauge, I mean, there's, there's literally no recoil. So, uh, you know, you, you eliminate 
possibility for flinching. You just all those things that, you know, if you're new to shooting like a 12 gauge, uh, even a 20 gauge will kick a little bit, especially with like a turkey choke right. or something in. Right. Uh, it, it, I mean, it just has a bunch of advantages. Now, don't get me wrong. You're limited on distance, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't shoot birds past 35 yards. That's, you know, that's right. just my personal shot range. I don't like honestly shooting them past 30, but, um, yeah, you know, I, so it works perfectly for me and it just don't, you know, there's a lot of advantages with it. And another one, like you touched on earlier was the, it's less noisy. You know, if you've, you know, watch, watching my videos, I've had a lot of comments say something like, wow, that's a really high pitch uh, ring or whatever, you know, after it shoots it, it, it just like tings or something. It's, it's not like a blast. So, yeah. Well, because Harrison said at that club, he goes, and well, let me say this. Let's just say public land. You may be, this is here now. I don't, I don't know if Nebraska deals with this as much, but like, say if you're hunting a refuge here and you're banging away in a certain location and no one's around you, but they're on the other side of the refuge, I promise you they, and that's fine. Cause I've done the same thing. Uh, if someone's banging away in a certain area, you're going to notice that area and you're going to go there the next time, you know? And yeah. if you're shooting 12, because everybody a mile to two miles away can hear where you're shooting a bunch. Like, man, those guys are shooting a ton in the back. But you shooting a 20 gauge, they ain't hearing you. And they don't even know you're, believe it or not, I'm, we've tested it because uh, I've had some friends in the back shooting 20s, say the back of the refuge or something, and we're towards the front. And I'm like, I literally cannot hear you guys shooting. Like, I cannot hear you guys. And, you know, maybe there's a little bit of wind or something to knock that down. But it's just like, it's a little bit more stealth, honestly. And that's just the 28 gauge. That's not even including the 28. And yeah. um, and like you said, you nailed it on the head. Confidence. Like, that confidence that I have going out there already makes me shoot better in the first place, you know. And um, <clears throat> I actually put my, um, I got the true lock chokes is what, what came with mine. And uh, they stick them in there. They have a factory one, but I took that out right away and I threw those true locks that came in with it. And I'm shooting the, they don't call it a full, but they call it, a, I think they call it long range. <clears throat> and, okay. And um, I actually put that in there with it, which I shoot that in my 12 anyways. But I was thinking about keeping that at modified. But the reason I went to long range is because I talked to several old timers and they said, which I think anybody that knows anything about shot knows this is that it does spread a little quicker. So I felt like th that's what I was told. What what have, what have you heard, Matt? Am I wrong in that? With the... With bismuth. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been told... Uh, it opens it, a little quicker, know, right? Yeah, it likes tighter constriction. Okay. Is what, they, is what I've heard. Okay, because I was told if you... Let's say if you have a full in there that you're technically shooting a... Um, a uh, what is it called? What's the one below that? Modified... Um, improved, modified, improved modified, yeah, improved okay. modified. So it's like, okay, I'm not really a full, but I've got the in between there, and I shoot, I shoot well with it. I mean, you have your off days every once in a while, but dude, you talk about shooting good. I feel like you shoot really good with your 28 gauge when it comes to duck hunting. Yeah, is that just I me, mean, or I mean, how do you feel? No, I I completely agree with you. Um, I mean, it doesn't hurt that I'm shooting the bismuth with it because bismuth will, you know, it'll, it'll take a less than ideal shot and we can touch on this a little later, but you know, a less than ideal shot will still knock a bird down and they'll more likely than not be dead. Um, but I've shot, you know, I've shot bismuth out of, with an improved cylinder all the way up to a full 
in my 28 gauge and was still knocking birds down. There's really only one day where I had just what I would call really crappy shooting. Um, I, I do have a video of it. It's not out yet, but it will be here before next season. Mm. Uh, but one bad day in, you know, however many days of hunting I went on, uh, I, you know, I'm just super confident in that gun. And then you take your, you know, like I took my 12 gauge out, I did a public land goose hunt and I was shooting three and a half inch BB, which I don't even like three and a half inch to start with, but I got them for Christmas or whatever, had to burn through them. Mm. And you're touching geese and you're drawing feathers. And like these birds were 25 to 30 yards. There, there's no, you know, I I go back and watch that video and it's just like, if I had my 28 gauge shooting bismuth through a full choke, I guarantee those birds would have fallen like Mm -hmm. dead. Mm-hmm. More likely than not, totally. compared to this. Yeah, I see. I've seen it with my year. own eyes. You know. Yeah, they're in Kansas. I mean, we we can get into the that more later, but yeah, totally. Yeah, so you know, I, I confidence. I think confidence in your gun, confidence in your shooting, is just you know, it, it's a huge part of it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the twenty eight gauge, I'm that's the most confident gun I'm you know, or mo- gun I'm most confident with. I just couldn't get over I, it feels it feels as lighter lighter than a 22. Like it's it's yeah. incre- it almost it's not a bad feeling cuz you know how some guns I feel like if they're too light it almost feels odd and not right. This could it feels so light that it's almost odd like a toy gun but at the same time it has just enough weight to me to feel comfortable and and that gun that you have I've that's the only 28 gauge I've touched and it just feels so um, evenly distrib- distributed in weight across the gun. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a per uh, it's, it's a great little gun. I'll say that. I mean, I've got zero complaints about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a, it's a great gun. I I I have a little bit of a sad story about that. I won't go into it too much. But yeah, I had actually with a local gun store, I had ordered one, and uh, yep, it's on order. And then called, because in California, we have a 10-day waiting period. Um, and called after two weeks. I'm like, oh, it's definitely over the waiting period. Now I'll just go pick it up. Was it already getting close to the place? And called and like, oh, let me check. And uh, uh-oh. You know, because when I ordered, there was three of them. And yeah. they said, um, I'm sorry, Mr. Headings, but we actually forgot to order that gun. And now they're all they're all sold out. There's none left, and there's none anywhere. We can't get them. Uh, would you like to be on the waiting list? Oh, I was so <laughs> mad. I was so ticked. I was so mad. That was such a letdown, man. I I can't tell you how many people I've had just like message me either on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook, be like, uh, you know, I, I was on the fence about getting a, you know trying a 28 gauge or buying a 28 gauge and you finally convinced me. So I, I don't know if I drove up demand or what, but they seem <laughs> to be a hot commodity. <laughs> you definitely convinced me, man. I mean, like Harrison, he shoots it and he does great with it. And, uh, and so is you. So it's like, but I will tell you the big, not only you're taking your guys' word cause I respect your opinion, but also, like I said, shooting the 20 with bismuth, is so lethal, I feel like I'm out there with a 12-gauge or better. So I know it's almost like jumping down from a 12 to a 20 for me jumping from a 20 to a 28. Because if I know if I put bismuth in that, you know, it's going to be deadly. 
Yeah. I wonder yeah. what the difference is between shot in a 28-gauge shell versus a 20. Do you know? Just kind of uh, guessing. Not off the top of my head, I don't. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. It, regardless, it really doesn't matter because it's doing the trick, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, um, I don't know. Like, I didn't want to get stuck on the, leaf, uh, you know, like the kind of being able to be quite more quiet, but also handling and then the kick. So I felt like you got quite a bit of doubles with that gun. So because that's the one thing is the the recoil, um, being able to get on your second target very smoothly and easily because it's not the front end's not raising up so much. So that, I mean that's a that's a huge benefit. And I noticed that just going from 12 to 20, uh, 12 to 20, you know, so I can imagine, like you said, 28's not kicking at all. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you can just swing through birds so much easier with it. Uh, it's just, a, you know, another reason to love it. Honestly. Do you think anybody's going to come out with a, a 28 hunting model or it's specific waterfowl? Uh, I'm trying to think if you see that that'd be happening in the future. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Just one more thing I can blow money on. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need it, Matt. Don't be driving those prices. We need you just to stay calm and let me get one before you start putting videos <laughs> out. <clears throat> but uh, I'm I going to still try to get one. I I or, I thought I'd order that gun in December. And I was I was going to be able to have it for the rest of the, the 2021 season. But, yeah. So we'll try again. Maybe I can get one. I just The only thing is... Seems like gun sales haven't slowed down one bit, if not anything, picked up more, huh? Yeah. Is it like that in Nebraska yeah. too? I mean, do you notice that? Oh, I mean, they're you know stuffs stuff slowly getting restocked, and I mean, walking Cabela's, and there's still pretty good selection of guns and whatnot. But I'm sure it's not near as bad as out there. But there's definitely a a shortage of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, let's go. Let's kind of go into the. We can talk some more about 28s or whatever in 20s, but let's go a little bit more into the bismuth. So, um, you shooting boss, I'm shooting heavy shot, uh, which is the heavy bismuth. What is, what's your opinion on bismuth? What do you like about bismuth? Uh, there's a, so, there's a couple things I really like about bismuth. Number one is the knockdown power and. I guess just to put it in layman's terms, uh, you know, there's with steel, you've got to amp it up with, you know, you got to get, got to get it up to velocity just to have it penetrate and, you know, have better killing power. Uh, with bismuth, you don't have to. I mean, you know, you think about your typical steel load is probably 1550 FPS versus bismuth for the boss that I shoot is 1350. So it's not moving near as fast, mm. but it has, more knockdown power. I mean, it's similar to lead, uh, in that aspect. So that's, that's one good thing. Um, you know, and then because of that knockdown power, which this is probably my favorite part of bismuth or thing I like most is you can go up shot sizes. So if you shoot say two shot for geese or ducks in steel, you can knock them down with four shot bismuth because it has, similar knockdown power, right? That's just, you know, based on all the physics and stuff, we won't get into all that, but, uh, you know, so then when you have smaller pellets, you can get more pellets in your gun and might be able to get a better pattern. Mm-hmm. 
granted, Bismuth can have, uh, it has flyers, it has more flyers, it seems like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but it, I mean, it works. It It's less, like I said, less than ideal shots, you know, where you shoot the back end off a bird or those flying away shots where you get them in the butt and with steel, you know, those birds are flying away and they'll probably go down, but they might just be crippled or they might die two miles away exactly. and some eagle or something will get to enjoy them. But with bismuth, they're not making it near that far. They're either going to fall to the water or, you know, fly a little ways and you should be able to at least put eyes on them and be able to go get them. Yeah. And what we had talked about earlier before this podcast is like you said, you already said it, but just to reiterate on my end too, as well, like if you're making a shot and I'm making a shot and the majority of my pattern hits from the middle of the, of the bird back they're they're going down. They're they're not fighting it and continue flying. They are going down. And uh, by the time the dog gets them back or I go pick them up, they're dead. And I I can't tell you how many times last year me and Thomas would say that. Like if that was still, that bird would have kept going. And if he didn't, he would have sailed a mile. And like you said, we would have lost him. But it not only did it take him down on a bad shot. But by the time you got there, they're dead, which makes it easier for the dog to get them. So I mean, like you're, I feel like you're, you're, you're saving so many things uh, as yeah. far as saving the bird, like harvesting the bird and keeping it and actually getting it in your hand. Well, yeah. Speaking of saving things, you know, we kind of touched on bismuth is more expensive than steel, which it is. It's a lot more expensive, and you know, I used to be of the mindset like, well, steel shot will still kill birds. I'll yeah. go buy super X's from Walmart for twelve right. bucks a box or whatever, mm-hmm. and be fine. Well, if you're having a bird fall dead or, you know, you're not wasting a shell and selling a bird and not retrieving that bird or, you know, better yet crippling the bird. And then you're chasing it around. How much time does having a dead bird more often and shooting less cleanup shots at it with bismuth? I mean, it has to all pencil out eventually, especially if you hunt a lot. Oh, at least, you know, yeah, you know, I've, I've spent, at least an hour before looking for a dead bird mm-hmm. with for, with steel or crippled bird. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with bismuth, I haven't had to do that. They're either all dead or they're not very lively. So um, I'm sure not to say you can't cripple birds and still lose them, but right. it's, it's a lot harder to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I, w- I was telling Thomas. I was like, man, I wish so bad I would have been tracking this for the last five years, you know, like going from steel to bismuth i wish i would have tracked that because i know that'd be kind of tough to track but just count all the shells you shot and then the secondary shots of them on the water if you had to do that you know and try to get some averages there i mean there's a way you could track it but you just have to keep every angle probably you know what i mean but yeah it would be i feel like i shoot less and harvest more i I, personally that's how i feel no that exactly well and you know it being expensive, I mean, whatever boss is a, a dollar and some a shell, I think, or whatever. I don't, off the top of my head, I can't remember. But you you want to make sure you take your time and have as yep. best of shot as possible. <laughs> yeah, I was literally just about to say that. Like, And it might be because we're not just blowing stupid shots. You're waiting for the right opportunity, which is technically what you should do anyways. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I, and, and I said that to someone the other day. I said, you know what? I'm not just throwing steel down, you know, throwing shells down range just because, because, you know, you hunt with different people and a little bit, people are more just 
shoot happy. But you're like, yeah. well, technically, um, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait for the shot I want, which I think you're from all the people I've hunted with. I, f- I feel like you're like that more um, than anybody I've ever hunted with. But that's something to be said. Like, I want it doesn't make you better or me better than anybody. But I will say you are very selective of your shots. And but you look what you walk home with, and you probably shoot a lot of shells than me or a lot of people, honestly. So it's good that you already had the discipline, but I bet you this makes you even more so like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, it helps. And like I said, though, even on less than ideal shots, it, it still proves lethal. So, mm-hmm. um, it all goes into it. Now uh, the rumors have it, and we were talking about it, about people saying how bismuth kind of breaks up or in flight. Do you, <laughs> I have not, I've seen a couple of pellets, I, whatever you want to call it, shot that's broke or kind of you come in. So like you say, you're skinning out a bird or you're getting ready to, you know, breast out or whatever. Um, you'll see a couple fragments where you know it bl- split up, but I don't feel like that hurts anything. No. And, you know, talking to people that hunted way back in the day, you know, like when uh, lead was first outlawed. Uh, whenever they first came out with the bismuth loads, they were, um, they were light, you know, they, they weren't as, I don't believe there was as much bismuth in them back then. Like now there's a little more bismuth, so it holds together better. But back then it was more, you know, like half, I I don't even know what the percentages is. I'm not even going to speculate on that, but, uh, basically these bismuth shot shells back in the day would just fragment all to heck and, you know, they're they either want it penetrated or you just have all kinds of little shards of metal in your bird, which you don't really want that. But shooting boss, I haven't had that issue. I've had some split in half, um, but you know, they copper plate their bismuth. So that's the difference between like your heavy bismuth and boss bismuth is they put a copper plating on top of it. Uh, and it, I guess it helps like smooth out the pellet, which helps for penetrability into the bird, mm-hmm. which you can, you know, does it need that? you know, bismuth is good either way, but, um, just a little extra help. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, added benefit of that is it helps it stay together as well. Um, Uh but the only thing I've ever seen is that the, the pellets split in half. And if that, I don't know if that's from the pellets hitting each other in flight or, you know, it's hard to say, but, uh, it's not an issue in today's bismuth loads, at least with my experience. No. And, and the, What's insane to me, and I think it's obviously it's common sense. This is the reason why bismuth is so good, and that is the penetration. I yeah. will swear up and down to anybody that wants to to argue about it, which I don't think people really do. Like you said, there's going to be people you used to feel that way. I felt that way. Ah, uh, still, I'll still kill them with, and that's fine. That's totally fine. I literally don't care what anybody shoots uses. I don't care if it, they use a state Fiocchi's <laughs> heavy metal. Boss, I I don't really care what anybody uses, but if people are on the fence line, I will say, hey, this is what I think, and the penetration is insane. Like you said, it you I've watched it, you've watched it. If you hunt long enough, you've seen still bounce off ducks, bounce off geese, feathers go, and they just keep acting like nothing hit them. When bismuth hits them, it goes in. Through the breast meat into the vitals and kills those birds. I mean, 
kills them. And yeah. to get that penetration is huge because we all know a lot of honkers are like wearing steel plates on their chest, but this stuff doesn't even, it doesn't even phase it. I mean, I got some shotgun footage. I mean, I made, it's that one where he shot uh, several geese and one deal was just me and another guy. And um, when I shot that first one, I head punched him because, I mean, it threw his head back. But the second one, uh, you could see where it was back farther. And usually in geese, if you shoot them far enough back, they're not going to they're not going down. They're going to keep going. And it yeah. folded him. And I was like, in my mind watching that shotgun video, I'm like, how did that fold him like I just shot him in the head? And it's just that it's going right through him, you know, and yeah. it's killing him. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. And you know, like we were talking before this, uh, if you're, if you're Tom Knapp and you can hit birds in the head any, you know, every time go for steel, go for the cheap option because you know, any headshot, even with steel mm-hmm. is like 99% of the time going to be lethal, mm-hmm. but we're not all Tom Knapp. There's very few of us like that actually. Right. So for the rest of us shooting bismuth, you're going to have, that increased lethality with the increased penetration and, you know, it's going to pencil out over the long run. If you, you know, if you're a big hunter, it'll pencil out quicker. If you just go out every few weekends during the season, you're going to have to hunt more seasons, but Mm. eventually, you know, it, you will break even or come close. Mm -hmm. Yep. Totally. Yep. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what else we could say about it. Is there anything else you could add to it? I mean, it's just, it's deadly stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and I, I don't know how it compares to tungsten. I've never shot tungsten. I know it's more, way more expensive than bismuth, mm-hmm. but with how bismuth works, <laughs> why, why, why would I upgrade to tungsten? But you know, I was saying that just about steel True. two years ago. So <laughs> next year, we'll be I, I really tungsten. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to jump on the tungsten bandwagon just yet, but if <laughs> someone gave me some 28 gauge tungsten ammo, I would try it just to see what, you know, what it's all about. Right. Um, I'm sure it has to go back to the density and all that and, well, that's, and even more penetration or whatnot. But. Exactly. Uh, bottom line, it is, it is more dense and it has, it's heavier. So it's going to penetrate even better, you know? So, yeah. But like you said, just it's, it's such a monster jump going from, steel to bismuth it's is i mean it's threefold you know oh yeah and so we're just i guess what we're trying to say meaning you is for everybody listening out there you know what just um if it's something you're on the fence about and you can afford it and you want you want to give it a try i, I think me and matt will vouch that you're not going to regret it um can you test it out in one box legitimately I feel like you can, but I guess it just depends on if you're actually hitting the bird or not. If you're missing, well, then can't blame the <laughs> can't blame yeah. Bismuth for that. But yeah, I mean, I I I have shot tungsten, but the thing is, um, it was a couple different hunts, and they were so slow, I didn't really get much chance to try it. And then when it, when when it was slow, I, what chances I did have, I was missing. So I don't feel like I really got to do it justice. Um, but yeah, I mean. I'm so happy with bismuth. I'm not really worried about paying any more. So, anyways, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know if we but beat that horse to death or not. But it's just, yeah. It's just coming from you know. It's coming from our experiences. We're just sharing. You know, people don't know or are curious. 
we're just giving you our opinion and kind of throwing it out there if you've ever been wondering. That's that's from two guys that hunt a lot. Matt's weight, I mean, he hunted double of what I did last year, and I thought I hunted a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, don't, I mean, don't forget to check us out. Uh, both of us, we both got YouTube channels, Mid Valley Mercenaries. I'm sure most of you know that you're here. And then check out Matt's High Prairie Sportsman on YouTube. And then also Matt's Instagram, Facebook, High Prairie Sportsman. And same for us. We're on Instagram and Facebook if you guys want to follow us there. Also on iTunes, if you listen on there, the Apple platform, um, I appreciate you guys. Several of you went on there and left some more reviews and, and give us some ratings. We're over 200 uh ratings and we're five-star podcast so that's just thanks to you guys i'm glad you enjoy it and uh thanks matt for coming on i don't know did, was, was there anything else you wanted to add to the the sub gauge game no you know um i guess i guess the only other thing i could even think of good to say about it you know is it, it's a perfect gun for beginners for well not not just youth but people just starting out like you know uh 20 gauge 410 28 all, all great guns to start with turkeys, dove, whatever. Yep. Um, so getting new hunters out, and if you have that spare gun, let them take that out and hopefully bag some birds. Yep. No regrets. I'm pretty sure you will not have any regrets. No. Nope. So, all right, guys. Thanks for listening in, and we'll see you on the next one. We're excited about-